Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. You know, at the end of last year, we were privileged to interview Matt Billen, who created an immersion fantasy world around the characters from John Bunyan's classic Pilgrim's Progress. The film, Heaven Quest, has been recognized with many honors, including one of the 12 best Christian movies of 2019 by Crosswalk.com. The film also included an international cast, including our guest today, Ricky Kim, who played Prince Elikai, but also Ricky served as the executive producer. Ricky is multifaceted. He's an award-winning actor, entertainer, and producer from South Korea. He is very active and well-known internationally, as well as this can be seen from his social media influence, where he has almost a half million followers on all platforms. But he's also the founder of Inspire Again, which we'll probe that deeper today because I think you'll find that his goal for that mission is very awe-inspiring. Ricky, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. We're glad to have you. He's coming to us from Guatemala today. So, you know, thank you for taking the time out to meet with us and talk. How are you doing? Well, Bruce, thank you for, first off, just thank you for um, giving me a voice here. I mean, yes, it's these platforms, that, um, like uh, these beautiful people like yourself that uh, share stories of, of what God's doing um, and people around the world just to be able to hear and be in awe of what God's doing. So thanks for having me on. Oh, glad, glad to do it. And first question is really goes down to in your life, what was it that that brought you to where you are today? I mean, what what really pulled things together and, and guided you to the, this point in your life? Well, I think I don't think I know it's I mean, God, he's got a special plan for all of us. Sometimes we just we don't understand that plan. And when you're in the middle of it, in the thick of it, you don't see it. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what, what God wants to do. He doesn't want to tell you everything in every moment. Um, he wants to really guide you through. And for me, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, a Christian home, but still God was with me. And I, I know that for a fact now that I've been through it. Yeah. And, you know, just as my, as, as I got older, just specific, you know, just things that happened in my life, I just, I don't even know if the word curiosity is the right word. I just think that God was calling me at a proper time. And in, in, in college, I just, after going to going to church for a long time by myself, not with my parents, um, I just I decided to look to pick up the Bible for real, and read it in kind of like you know just like as the title of the show is in awe of who this Bible was written for, who Jesus died for, and, and these words are not just history; these words are actually written for me, like Ricky Kim right now in this moment, <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I was I was just perplexed, in awe, amazed, scared, just beautifully, emotionally, passionately, you know, just inspired. And I can't even think of other adjectives and verbs and words that can go with this. Yeah. But um, it changed, it changed me. It changed me. And um, that kind of just started this entire journey of me giving my entire life to him just day to day. It's like when you're sitting in that sermon or talk and you go, how in the world does he know I'm struggling with that? Yeah. And I mean, you're realize, hold it, you know, he's the, the pastor or whoever is speaking and about a subject, but God can take that and bring it right to your heart. It's funny. Cause like a, a lot of, a lot of them, you know, younger adults will be listening to this or even maybe teenagers. And they're like, 
Sometimes it's so weird that I'll be talking to my parents, they're talking to me, and they just don't get me, but I'll be sitting in a sermon, and, yeah. that, and that guy up there, he doesn't even know me, but he'll just say something, he just hits me in the heart, and I, I just want to just, you know, lead into this, it's like, it's not that guy speaking to you, it's God speaking to you <laughs> at that specific moment. Yep. So uh, it's it's amazing, you know, how God speaks to us and talks to us in, in every step of our life. I'm really intrigued by what you just said, that you were, here you were, you didn't grow up in a Christian family, and, and yet you went to church and you felt God drawing you that way or pulling you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I, I, that is truly awe-inspiring that we sometimes think that, uh, you know, unless we're right around it, it, it doesn't happen. And yet, how did it happen to you? I truly believe that God gives us opportunities, multiple, multiple opportunities. And he's always mm -hmm. showing us his amazing facets of his glory and his power and his beauty and like how he is the creator of this entire world. And we just sometimes don't see it. We'll walk by and walk by a tree and be like, oh, that's a tree. But I mean, you think about that. The tree takes in carbon dioxide and it gives out oxygen. And just everything about that tree and that miracle is like God saying, I am in control of everything or how the sky and the oceans are separated, but they're made of the same stuff called water. But then they don't, mm. they don't like, they're like, they're separate. It's crazy. It's mm -hmm. absolutely crazy. Or like my eye, how it looks yeah. at everything upside down. And it's an absolute amazing feat of science, you know, science. And, and we can't even create it exactly the same. And it's like, you look at these things like, wow, I'm in awe, but we just walk by every day. And for me, I'll go back to that when I was six years old. It wasn't that I was drawn to this church, this yeah. community, this culture, this God, this Bible. I'll be honest. It was a little girl in first grade that said, do you want to get on the yellow bus on Sunday and go to church with me? My dad drives the bus. <laughs> and that's great. That opportunity, I mean, why not? I mean, I'm in a, a single home. My parents are divorced. Yeah. Um, my father is dealing with alcoholism and also depression. I think Sundays, um, watching him sit on a couch and watch football, going to church with this, this group of people sounds like a better idea. I, I just went. I just went. Mm -hmm. and, and from then on, I, I just was open to the opportunities of seeing how amazing God was, because that's what they were teaching there, was about the teachings of Jesus and the teachings, the teachings from God. Yeah. And um, at first, it, you know, at first it was fun, then it got boring, then it got, you know, it was not really connected to what I thought reality was. But yeah. as it started growing and growing, I, I became more interested. And then I was like, okay, now it's time for me to actually make a choice physically, emotionally, spiritually, not just let's go on a bus to church. I'm going to, wow. I'm going to take a choice of faith. And that started growing in high school and college. Oof. Was there, was there a couple of things that inspired you at that moment? Or was it that more that internal sense that God is saying, okay, now you? Well, Bruce, I mean, <clears throat> I think in my, in my experiences with, with, with faith and church and being around this thing for a while, for a while, People are really wanting to seek like th that story, like that mm -hmm. amazing story of walking on water and, or, or taking a bullet and getting back up or, you know, being on drugs and then kicking it or almost like losing part of your body and then getting depressed and coming to the Lord. Like those are some amazing testimonies, which God really uses yes. And people travel, travel around the world talking about the amazing, the amazing power of the redemption of mm -hmm. Christ and this in faith. But I'm, I'm going to tell you my story real quickly. I, I dealt with drugs in my family, infidelity. Uh, my, my father died when I was 14 in a, in a, in a freak accident. Parents wow. were divorced, divorced at six. Um, a lot of my uncles were in, in prison um, on third or fourth marriages, kids out of wedlock. I'm used, you name it. It's like the, it's like the classical 
1990s film. I mean, just the American, you know, the American family with, with, with everything you can think of that comes to you. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, like, that's part of my testimony. But my testimony, it's it's every day. But it started when I just picked up the Bible and read it as not a historical book, but as these are words written for me right now. This 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 guy that got up on a cross and died for my sins was for my sins. And mm. I started reading it with a different attitude. And I'm not telling you, like, I'm telling you, my testimony started right there by picking up the Bible and reading it, actually reading it and being yes. just absolutely changed by it. You look at, um, uh, it's first Timothy four, I think it's 11, around 11, 13, 14, 15. It says, until I come devote yourself to public reading of scriptures and to preaching and teaching. And if you go back into like, uh, on, uh, I think it's 11, it says command and teach these things. Do not let anyone look down at you because you're young, but set an example for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity until I come again, devote yourself to public reading of scriptures, to preaching and teaching. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I need to just read the Bible and be really just, you know, connected to it. And I need to, I need to be commanded by these teachings. I need to let everybody know about these teachings. I need to be pure in faith and in love and in conduct. I need to be reading these books, this, this, the scripture together. And, and I needed to be, to be teaching and preaching to people. And so that's when things just changed in my life. It was just wow. like, wow, if I want to be a Christian, I need to study the words of Christ. If I'm mm -hmm. going to be a mathematician, I need to study math. If I'm going to be a scientist. I need to study science. I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. And if I'm a Christian, I've, you know, you sing that song, I am a C, I am a CH. And you know, you sing that song when yeah. you're a kid, but <laughs> when you're a Christian, when you're really a Christian, you, you take up your cross, you have to study the life of Christ. You have mm. to live the life of Christ day to day. And so for me, I didn't take a bullet. I wasn't addicted to any drugs. I dealt with a lot of stuff in my life. My testimony started when I read the Bible with a mm. different attitude. Mm. That's great. That, that is fabulous. Uh, it's wonderful to hear that. And it, one of the things that you said there that I think is stands out in your life and is important to me is story. God's giving us a story through the Bible, a real story, but with pictures and examples and, and a lot of different dramatic scenarios that touch our hearts because we're wired for story. That's the way he made us. Can you flesh that out for a little bit for me and for everybody listening on what that means to you? Well, story, I had this beautiful, uh, there's an Old Testament um, I'm professor and he was telling me that he doesn't call it the Old Testament. He doesn't call it the New Testament. He calls it the First Testament, and he calls it the Second Testament. Mm. And I was, I was intrigued by that. And he said, well, it's the First Testament, then there's the Second Testament, and then there's your testament. Mm. And, I was, and, every, and even like me saying it right now, I get these chills. Yeah. Like this, is the, this is the First Testament with the, you know our, our fathers before, our fathers of Abraham and Jacob and everybody. Then you have our, our second testament with Jesus and the disciples. Then you have your testament. It's like, wow. Wow. Wow, wow my story is absolutely, absolutely so, so specific and detailed and so, so, so important to the glory of God. It is so needed. And as insignificant as I might think I am, to God I am so special because mm. there's the first testament of Jesus Christ and in the Old Testament, there's the there's the second testament of Jesus and the disciples, there's the third testament, my testament of what Jesus is doing in my life. And I'm like, wow, okay. Story, it's all about story. If it wasn't about story, then we'd have no Bible. 
I mean, right. if, if it wasn't if it wasn't about your story, like your specific story, take your ears and listen to it. Take mm-hmm. your body, your body and your heart and be changed by it. And then take your eyes and see it and then take your hand and write it. Like if that didn't happen, we would not have the Bible. And it, as, as much as I see, God is, is telling us the same thing. Like you have a story. You need to share that story of how Jesus is taking you from death to life. Mm. And um, yeah, you, you can hear in the background, my kids, they're telling their story too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great though because you've talked about how God's awe worked in your life, but that is to me awe-inspiring. Looking at it that way, it's Act One, Two, and Three, and the third is our story, and and it's what God's doing with us, what Jesus is doing us with us right now, and and He is so interested in that, and He is so involved in wanting to build that story and carry it on. So anything else you tell people that helps them grasp that better for their own lives? Yeah. I mean, I think every time I have a chance to share the power of story, I mean, mm-hmm. I work in an industry where I'm, I, we make stories. I mean, movies and TV shows and, and media, we're, we're telling stories. I mean, the story of like in, in the Marvel comics or in any kind of, you know, TV, TV movie you watch. I mean, yeah. it's telling a story about someone's life, someone's struggle. And then there's always a, a hero that comes in and then things go on a little twist and it comes back. And so being, um, I guess, versed and educated in the art of storytelling, um, being a movie maker and TV maker, um, it gives a great segue to say, you know, it's it's very, very similar to what we read in the Bible and to what we, we learn about the teachings of Christ in the Old Testament, the New Testament and our Testament. And so when we share about story, we basically, you have to be vulnerable. And like, this is a very Freudian kind of a thing to look, to think about. Um, my wife, she, um, she studies um, Christian family therapy and she um, really wants to understand how God is talking to our, li- our lives through like a very psychological, a very emotional. And, uh, you know, a lot of people go through pain. And so I don't always want to focus just on pain, mm-hmm. but like when you look at Freud and all these, these, um, these psychological ways of of going through things, it's very biblical. Like I, I, I kind of wish I could go back and just sit down with Freud and be like, Hey, come on, man, you got this from the Bible, right? <laughs> I, I, I think he did. Like, I think he got a lot of it from the Bible. Yeah. I think he, he might've been also searching for, you know, what he thought was right, what his truth was. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you look at this, the, your story, you look at basically highlights we'll talk about LeBron James because yeah. he's, he's the most, famous athlete across, you know, across all, all sports for, for nowadays. We'll just use LeBron James. And if you look at his highlight reel, he's not even retired yet, but you look at his high, highlight reel, what do you see in his highlight reel? You see him like dunking it and getting a, an NBA finals MVP and championship for Cleveland. Mm. And you see all these things, but what hap- what you don't always focus on is actually, it shows when he was, he was down two games or when he, he like uh, hurt himself or when he was sick or maybe when he failed, mm-hmm. it shows, it shows it in the highlight reel. It shows it in there because yeah. without those hits in life, without those difficulties and trips and bumps and bruises, you're not going to have a highlight reel. And what's that highlight? The highlight reel is Jesus. Yeah. That, that's the highlight reel. That is the raising up the MVP. That is getting the, the, the championship. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the accolades. It's about, I just went from a really deep valley to now really just glorifying God, giving thanks and praise. And that, that right there is an absolute a spectrum of going from left to right. Mm-hmm. Man, I was off. And now I'm back. I was disoriented. Now I'm oriented. And we look back at, you know, a lot of Psalms too, like being disoriented and being oriented. Like it's an amazing way to understand God speaking to us. That is our story. 
That is our story. Mm. Being off in chaos and coming back into a little bit of orientation and a little bit of order and understanding about how amazing God is, about how much he loves us. It has a specific detailed plan for us each day. And I think that's that's the highlight reel. That is the highlight reel. That is the documentary. That is the movie. That is the TV show that I want to watch. And it's it's absolutely special when you put Jesus in the center of that. And it's not like you have to be a $500 million movie with amazing writing and amazing turns and twists to have a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. You could have an absolute, what we think is absolutely insignificant to anybody. And it's not a beautiful, inspiring story to anybody, but to you, it's part of your story to Mm -hmm. God. That's absolutely special. That Mm -hmm. is a number one hit. It's in the box office. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's getting a ticket to go watch it. God's interested in every detail of what's going on in your life. Mm. Uh, Amen, brother. Um, so let, let's talk about your highlight reel here for a minute and talk about how Heaven Quest fit into where God was leading you and, and your story. Heaven Quest uh, is just, it's a beautiful uh, movie. And we got a good team together. Um, I joined the team as an executive producer and also had the privilege to be act, to, to act in the movie. Um, it came across my desk and just looked like a, a good opportunity for um, a more global mm-hmm. um, challenge. Because at that time I was in I was in Korea and doing more stuff in Asia and Korea. Yeah. And um, I, I really wanted to reach over into Hollywood and do something um, on a different scale, a different platform. Also, you know, obviously the whole thing was in English because it's an American film. But the story at first, when you drop a faith-based anything on my desk, the first instinct is just me as a creator is uh, another faith-based film or a faith-based TV show. Like, uh, it's probably going to be this or that or this. And you put it in a corner. That's just what we do because that's what a lot of faith-based um, entertainment and media has been do- doing. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't – I really wasn't interested. And it wasn't the first time that I've got a, you know, an opportunity like that. Yeah. But – um. I, I don't know. I, I pray about everything I do. And I, for some reason, this wouldn't, it wouldn't leave me alone. So I was like, <laughs> okay, fine. I guess I'll read the script or read the treatment, maybe have a phone call with um, you know, the, one of the producers. And I, and I was hooked. I was like, this isn't, I'm going to divide my brain and my heart of looking at this as a faith-based film. I'm just going to read the script as a creator. I'm just going to read the script as an actor, producer. I was like, whoa, this has, this, has, this has some potential behind it. Then you threw on the faith element. It's like, wow, okay, I, I can't quit thinking about this thing. Uh-huh. So um, I, got on a, I got on a plane and I went to L.A., met up with a producer. Okay, um, interested? And it, it was it was like, yeah, I really am. And then from then on, it's like boom, 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 boom. Let's do this, 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 this. And then I had the opportunity. They, they asked me to come on as an executive producer. And um and it just it just started happening, and then within a few months, it was like we're actually film making this movie. The thing about Hollywood films is like you can have a great film, but if if you just talk about it and don't get things done, it, it, great films just are out there that never get made. And um, we got a good cast and a good crew together, and we started making the film, and uh, yeah, finished it up, and now it's out there. Yeah. So everybody has access to it now. <laughs> yes, and for me, what was good, you know, I I liked it, but what was reaffirming to me too was that uh, my 30 year old son, who's a visual graphic designer, loved it. Yeah, that's what we've been hearing a lot, like. People in the industry are like, oh man, what'd you do? You had like what, five million, or what team did you use, or so and so? Because we had some, we had some people on our team that's like, oh, that person did this part of Superman or Batman, or this person was doing this music for this mm-hmm. movie. So we had an amazing cast that was, yeah, really like you just can't get this this stuff together. But one of the things we said as 
as producers, um, as our team is, we're not going to go into a pitch or a meeting saying, hey, let's do this with faith. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're a Christian faith-based film. Like you guys just, you should do this for the greater cause of, of God and, and community and church. And we, we, that was not our pitch. Our pitch was, this is a movie. This is a creative movie. And we love for you to be a part of this story, this mm-hmm. journey. Because what if we made it like this? And then people were like, ah, kind of intrigued. So yeah, we got some really, really, really amazing work done for bare minimum uh, budget. Yeah. And so yeah, that and that was my first pitch. Like when I when I talked to our team when we when we finished up, I was like, you know what, we should this is this should be our marketing like pitch because you got to market everything. We said, I said, why don't we just tell everybody exactly what we paid for the film because nobody's gonna believe us. Like nobody <laughs> is going to believe that we did we did this for 250k. Nobody will believe us. Like de- yeah. nobody will. And lo and behold, like after a while, we're like, you know, I think that's going to be our, our marketing, you know, angle we're going with. We're just going to tell the truth. And it's something you never do in Hollywood. You never tell the truth. You just mm-hmm. let people believe that you made it for 5 million, 6 million. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you can kind of infer maybe it was 5 million, but maybe it was more like, no, we're just going to straight up just go out there and say, guess what? Everybody, we made this for 250 K and people are like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, we actually did. <laughs> so yeah. What would, what would uh, be for somebody listening? Can you give them a little synopsis that drew you in that would also be appealing to them? Well, if you've ever heard the phrase um, "sword and sandal," basically, sword and sandal is like it's a movie genre of, of kind of a, a fantasy realm where you can just think about it. It's a world you build, and people have swords and they're wearing sandals and they're very, very old and it's it's very vintage, but it's it's kind of has that fantasy realm to it. And you can think of maybe like of a Lord of the Rings, but don't don't think of our movie as a Lord of the Rings. I don't want to put you in that, but it's in that category. Um, but <laughs> It's a very similar kind of, you know, Lord of the Rings or you know, the Narnias. Um, I wouldn't even get close to like a Harry Potter or anything like that. And we 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 put in kind of that I wouldn't say sci-fi, that, that fantasy element to it. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of that's kind of the genre. Just think of that as the genre. If you're interested in that kind of movie, that's the genre. Well, I'm gonna go over to the story. And the story is, if you're familiar with Pilgrim's Progress, I don't want you to compare it to Pilgrim's Progress, but I want you to fantasize what was John Bunyan thinking before he even wrote the first sentence to Pilgrim's Progress. And you got to think, he's thinking of this fantasy, this amazing world, and how he's trying to think of characters and characteristics and metaphors and this beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he, he, wants to, he doesn't want to bring a Christian element into it. He's just a Christian. So anything he does is the Christian element. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that for a second— and then now you're thinking about, okay, this is the world. So now we have genre, and now we have world. Now I'm going to jump over into story. It's a story of a, a person that thinks he knows everything, and he's living life great, and then his world gets rocked. Everything like he thought he knew doesn't know anymore, and he's on a journey to find the truth again. And there's people that try to help him, and then he tries to go back to it, and then he comes, and he's trying to go back to, to what he thought was true, and then he's trying to go back to what he he's trying to seek that is true. And there's this battle that just happens inside of his emotion, inside of his life, at the same time external with like the environment around him. And so that's that's the story. That's the mm-hmm. story. Just it's a journey of redemption. It's a journey of seeking. It's a journey of like fighting between two worlds. Mm-hmm. And so you have the genre, you have the world, and now you have the story. Now that you, you think about that, and now how can we take, how can we make that relevant? Because every movie that you watch, when people get emotionally connected to a movie or like they really like a movie, is because it's relevant. Like mm-hmm. It's relevant to their language, it's relevant to their ideas, it's relevant to their thoughts, to their something. 
Now put all that, the genre, the world, and the story. Now think about it in your life real quickly. Like, okay, I, I, I guess I've struggled and I need to have to find my way. I'm seeking for truth or maybe I've got off the path. Go mm-hmm. watch the film. I dare you to go watch it with an open heart and open mind and try to find something in there that's speaking to you. And I, I know I know something will be in there. I know it will. But if you're going to go there and like try to dissect a Christian film and, oh, they made it for 250 like, I'm, I bet it's horrible this, or they probably have less of this. Like, if you're going to do that, then maybe you should just go, I don't know, watch another Marvel comic movie. I, I don't know. Right. Um, maybe our movie won't, won't be really um, uh, connected to you. But I think that if you're just o- with open heart and just enjoy the story, I think you're going to be impacted in some way. That kind of leads us to another part of your story, which is inspire again. Inspire again, like if you look at the um, the word inspire again, there's no E in there. And people always ask me, oh, you missed the E in inspire again. It's like, no, no, I, I took it out on purpose. Um, inspire means to breathe life into. And again, means to just reoccurring, like reminder. And the inspire, actually, if you break it down, it's in and then spirit. So it's in the spirit of Jesus Christ again and again. Because um, I think that mm-hmm. we have to remind ourselves to be in the spirit of Jesus Christ again and again to be centered on Jesus. And so what we do is we basically work with media and work with them. Um, next-gen groups and uh, connecting generations, connecting cultures, and um, centered on faith. And um, we use media, events, um, training as, as kind of just our, our way to meet people. And, um, we've been doing it for um, three years now. I think I've been mm-hmm. doing it for probably 20 years. I just never had it as an organization. Um, but yeah, that's what we're doing full-time now. So tell us more about the kind of the mission of Inspire Again a little deeper and, and things that maybe you've been involved in and, and how it's working in your life. Well, it started off by every time that a media job would come in, we would do we, our group would pray about it, and then we would figure out, okay, we're not trying to like spin an angle or a pitch. We're basically taking jobs that we think that can really um, give a good story to people mm-hmm. to really impact people. And so that ranges from doing a TV show to a movie to online social media posts, to anything that anything that is on the platform of media. Mm. And, and, and it was just a small group of us that were doing this, but it wasn't an organization. It wasn't like a, a real like mission pitch or anything. We're just like, this is how we live our life. This is what we do. But after a while, I realized that a lot of people were coming like, how do like, can you train us to do this? Can you really help us to learn how to, you know, more Christ centered? Like, how do we? Because we got involved also with business. Like, how do we take a business and make it kingdom-centered? Not just like business as missions like a BAM where I make money, I give it to missionaries, and then missionaries ask me for more money, and then I make more money and give it to missionaries. We don't we don't want that model. How can we make like, I don't know, like let's say, for example, a cookie company and make it specifically 100% for Jesus without mm-hmm. putting like a cross, a cross in the middle of the cookie or putting just scripture on the package. Right. And um, so we started to develop teams, strategy teams, um, to really logistically think about what does God want to do with this business or with this media or with this group. And so it kind of evolved into an, an organization. It, it evolved into an NGO. And we realized too, that when we separate ourselves from all like making a bunch of money, then mm-hmm. we just basically, we filtered ourselves and put in a firewall from stopping our own pride or our, our own greed to come in and really ruin a great idea that God's given you. And so it was like, you know what, we're going to go all in on this. And so every movie that comes in, every, uh, business opportunity that comes in, everything that we do, we're going to put, we're going to basically do it as a nonprofit company that mm-hmm. is working for these organizations or these companies. And um, so building their, helping with their, with their media, helping with their strategy is what we do. And so we want to do back to the mission that you asked us. I know I, I'm giving a very long breath answer, but no, that's okay. <laughs> the The mission is to connect generations and mm-hmm. to connect cultures centered on Christ 
And so, and that's, that's, it's a very broad mission statement. And we're wanting to connect people and we want them to be connected generationally and culturally. And through that we use media. Mm -hmm. And so how can media be the segue to tell stories, to invite people in and um, media, uh, it goes to five seconds or to five hours. Um, There's not really like a, we only do movies. Um, We don't limit ourselves just to that. So with social media nowadays, I mean, it's just crazy how amazingly you can get a story out there and connect people. And so we just, we do that kind of training. That's great. So, uh, you know, I, thanks for fleshing that out because I didn't think that was too long. I think that was really good to understand more about what you're <laughs> doing. And we'll put some links up to that on the website when we post the uh, interview here. Anything else that people w- should know about Inspire Again, if they're interested and they're going, oh, wow, no, I have this idea and or something that I'd like to like to do anything else they need to know about you or your team that would be helpful before they contact you or for inspire again uh, we we want to work with people that really want to make a change mm-hmm. and that change that change is not always always external sometimes it's internal like some people work on businesses or or, or shows or, or or ideas and campaigns and they're really mm-hmm. wanting to change the world and inspire a bunch of people. But most of the time it's really to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an idea that's like, wow, I just really want to do this, this thing. Like I want to make this media TV show, or I want to start this business, or I want to make this gathering. You need good strategy and good training and it, it's all biblical. And so reach out to us and we're just, we're basically here to help teach the biblical training behind sustaining that that passion and that love you have because when you get into media um, when you get into business as you get farther and farther into it and deeper deeper into it you start to get lost because you lose the training of what God has actually given you for that first thought that first love so we're just we're in the business of training the sustainability of that so just reach out to us online or you can go to online and uh, to inspire again with no e inspire again um, dot com and email us, uh, get on our, our subscription for the for um, our updates or, or even go to social media. I'm the director right now, so you can go to um, uh, Teta Family or to Ricky Kim in Google and you'll see all of our social media platforms and we, we cross post everything. So, um, so yeah, you can just get involved um, with making something or just supporting something and that can start today. Excellent. Thank you. Um, one really last question I wanted to ask you before we end up today. As you're thinking about all that's that's happening in the world today, you know, we're in the middle of uh, the coronavirus and, and a changing world. You've come this far in your your own life and your own story with Jesus. And I love, I love the fact that you put Jesus right at the center and the core of everything you do. Anything that you would think would be helpful to tell churches or to or to help churches keeping that inspiration and their focus on Jesus in the center and building their story? That's a great question, Bruce. And nowadays we're in we're in um some very sensitive and beautiful, inspiring and blessed times. Um to 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 be going through what we're doing with the coronavirus and being separated from reality. You you can't go kids can't go to school. Parents can't go to work. Adults are, are, are in a house and remoting from work or there has to be social distancing and you can't go to church. I mean, there's a to be successful in life. A lot of people think you have to go to a good school, Ivy League school, you know, top college. And that'll get you to get you to Wall Street or to the best business in the world. And to be a very faithful person, 
you have to go to a good church with a good preacher that gives a great sermon and good Bible studies and you know amazing discipleship training. So then you're going to be a really good Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I see the blessings and the thanks of what God's doing with Corona and people are like, what do you mean about thanks for Corona? I was like, well, we're getting focused back to a very simple understanding of at home is where church starts. At home is where the success of the world is going to be taught. And so that training, I think, for churches to understand is that we have, we should have always, and a lot of churches have, is be focused on how do we get the home churches really healthy and sustainable? How do we, how do we really support families and parents and, and you know, young adults to be successful in the world from home first, not just to come to us for a one hour vitamin on Sunday is what can they do for the rest of the six days for the mm-hmm. other hours of the week? And right now, God is putting us back in our homes. He's putting us in our homes in a very vulnerable and uncomfortable situation. So I would just say, you know, for churches is I think we should really shift our understanding because Corona is going to go by. It's going to be passed in a few months or maybe in a year. Or maybe let's say it's a couple years. But if we don't realize what God is training us to do in this moment and we just create like an online churches and then once it gets over, then people are going to say, you know, I'm actually very comfortable just staying home and listening to you for an hour instead of coming to church. Right. I don't think I don't think that's the message that we should be sharing. I think the message we should be sharing is that and it's it's back to I'm going to just read the scripture. And so it's uh, in First Timothy 4. 11 through 16. I'm just going to go right out at the NIV and says, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believer in speech and conduct in love and faith and in purity until I come to devote yourself to public reading of scriptures, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy. When the body of elders laid their hands on you, be diligent in these matters Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Preserve in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so in 1 Timothy, it's basically saying Mm. you don't have to be a preacher and go to seminary and get your Ph.D. and master's in theology Mm -hmm. to share the the scriptures. It's basically saying you guys got to just read the scriptures together. You guys have to not neglect the gifts that God's given you. And you have to just preach and teach. And it starts at home. It starts yeah. at home. I think a lot of churches just need to really wake up right now and be like, okay, the online church is a great thing to do, but what can we do in this time to build up the home? Because mm. the home is where church starts. The mm. home is where it needs to start with the father, with the mother and the kids, and with you know young adults at, at home. So I think that's, that, that's the message God's talking to me right now. And it and it goes back to the story. It's all in your story. It's all in those details. Mm. Well, Ricky, that's a great perspective. And I, I want to say thank you for giving us that wisdom, because I think that is so perfect right now. And appreciate your time and all that you're doing. You know, we'll continue to pray for you. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you very much for spending uh, 40 minutes or whatever we just did here within Awe by Bruce. Well, thanks a lot, Bruce. And God bless you all that are listening and have a great day. You too. Thanks, Ricky.